Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is May 21st, two days after my son's birthday, a day after my dad's birthday, and it's a beautiful day here in Chicago, but I think most of you may be quite perturbed and not wishing my son and dad a happy birthday because Atlanta United drew Chicago 3-3 on Saturday at Soldier Field. Chicago scored a goal in the 89th minute to tie the game, costing Atlanta United two points, which is kind of a theme for Atlanta United season. They have allowed seven goals in the 89th minute or later of games across all competitions this season. Those goals have resulted in Atlanta United dropping four points and being bounced out of the U.S. Open Cup by a not very good Memphis side, but who is very motivated for the night. So we're going to talk about Atlanta United's inability to hold on to leads. You're going to hear from Gonzalo Pineda. You're going to hear from Andrew Gutman, who is from Chicago and had 70 family members in attendance last night, so that was kind of cool. And Yurgo Chakamakis, who scored two goals, including the tying goal in what everyone thought was going to be the winning goal, one with his head, one with his left foot. But all it resulted in was one point. Just a very frustrating game, I'm sure, for Atlanta United supporters to watch. Very frustrating for the players. Very frustrating for Coach Pineda because it's just something that keeps happening again and again and again. And I want to remind you, if this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fight Soccer with your host, Abe Froman, from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, the first soundbite we're going to hear is from Gonzalo Pineda, calmly but clearly venting about the draw against Chicago. Upset at the result, obviously. Uh, I felt that we're managing a good situation, you know, one man up, uh, you know, uh, and then coming back from a game that, you know, uh, giving up soft goals, the three goals are soft, and then, you know, uh, suddenly we are winning uh, with one man up, and then, um, you know, the red card, Luis, is that a good call? We'll see. I mean, promising attack, I don't know. It's not cynical, it's not promising attack to me, so I don't know what, what was that called for. But, uh, but uh, of course, it put us under pressure. They bring uh, two, two number nines, and, uh, and well, they finished tying the game at the end. Again, uh, to me, it's just we couldn't punish them when we when we had good chances, we had a few good chances and we couldn't finish that. And then obviously we are giving away soft goals that, that I'm not happy with. Yeah, we haven't even talked about the red card yet. 
So what was probably most galling for Atlanta United is they were playing with a man advantage from around the 26th minute when Federico Navarro received a second yellow to about the 71st minute when Luis Araujo received a second yellow, which sounds like Atlanta United may appeal based upon Pineda's comment. During that stretch, Chicago scored two goals when they were down a man, which is just ridiculous. And the goals, which I'm going to describe here in one second, were just extremely soft. So on the first goal, which you're going to hear Pineda explain here, in a, or try to explain here in a second, it started with Franco Obara receiving a yellow card about 40 yards from goal in this, toward the center of the pitch. Jordan Shakiri took the free kick and hit a chip to the back post. Luis Araujo, who was back to defend, did a good job making sure that no Chicago player could get the, the chip. It went out for a corner kick. Shakiri again, came over, took the corner kick, and hit what is called an Olympico, which is kind of a shot on goal. It came toward the near post, and so you're asking yourself, well, where is the Atlanta United player who's supposed to be on the near post? Well, Chicago ran a play. Ronald Hernandez is supposed to be on the near post. You're going to hear Pineda talk about this. But a Chicago player who was also on the near post ran toward Shakiri, pulling Hernandez away from the post. Now, I don't know if an Atlanta United player is supposed to step in to that near post and feel for Hernandez, or if Hernandez is simply supposed to allow that player to run and not give up the near post, but he did. Westberg saved Shakiri's first shot, but the save bounced off Juan Hoparada and back into the goal. So, that's the first goal, and here's Pineda talking about it. Yes, there was, uh, Ronald is always in charge of that, but, you know, we have certain movements, certain things that, that we work on, and, and we try to protect that. Uh, but certainly it was a good good strike by Shakiri. Uh, but still, to me, we have to save those. Now, that goal, it was a fluky goal. That one, as a, a guy who's watched soccer all my life, that one didn't bother me as much. The next two Chicago goals bothered me from just a soccer fundamental standpoint. So, on Chicago's second, it started with a throw-in. Remember, Atlanta United is one man up right now. And you'll also remember Chicago was able to start a few attacks in the game against Mercedes-Benz Stadium with throw-ins. The ball goes to Jordan Shakiri again. One of two guys on the field, you do not want to give time to pick out a pass, the other being Tiago Almada. Tiago Almada. But instead of pressuring him, Atlanta United's midfielders weren't back in time, so Chicago had a man advantage on Atlanta's defensive half of the field. No one pressured Shakiri. He had a fantastic diagonal to Casper Shabelko, who chested it down for Haile Selesi to take a one-time shot that beat Westberg to the near post. Just a horrible, horrible sequence of defending by Atlanta United, and here's Pineda talking about it. It came from a throwing, and we're not ready for that throwing, and, and then it's so easy, it's so simple. A throwing, a long switch, received with the chest inside the box, no pressure at all, and then no closing down, no, no closing down the opponent, no blocking shots, something that we message very often. Uh, so frustrated with that one, the third one, I mean, across to the far post, I mean, it's a little deflection in the near post, not winning those duels, and, and you know, uh, Again, it, it seems too easy. It feels like we have to really create good plays, good actions to really get goals. Uh, but uh, it, it feels as we are 
just just leaking soft goals. So we need to solidify that. Again, not blaming anyone, no defenders, no goalkeepers, no midfielders, it's everyone. It's from top to bottom, reactions, transitions. Can we pu uh, punish them in those moments so we kill the game? It's three goals difference with one man up. Can we have that mentality, that killer mentality, especially playing away, especially with man one man up? Something that we need to reflect, watch the film, and then message the players how to react in those moments uh, on the field. Here's what was awful about the third goal and tying goal. If you watch Chicago, it's coming down the field, down its left. A pass is made to uh, Navarro, Manny Navarro, I think, uh, on the left side. No one moves out to pressure him. The two Atlanta United players on that side are Machop Chol and Ronald Hernandez. I don't know if they're supposed to be a defensive midfielder over there. But no one pressures Navarro. He hits across to the back post that Haile Selassie is the first to reach. He got past or in front of Yurgo Shakamakis, who I don't know why Yakamakis is, is in the box defending other than he's just trying to help the team. Uh, so I'm not blaming him for this either. Uh, it takes a slight deflection and goal. But nobody pressured the crosser. It's If you go and watch the video again, count how many Atlanta United players are in the 18-yard box. It's... It's just not good. So on Friday, during media availability, when we were kind of focusing, or I was at least focusing questions with Pineda about the energy levels, because that was the problem in previous games, and then Atlanta United finally came out with urgency and with a lot of energy in the Wednesday win against Colorado, and asked him, well, what happens if you don't have that against Chicago? And his answer was, well, there'll be changes to the lineup. Basically, I'm paraphrasing him. So after this draw, I asked him if those players who aren't doing the things he just mentioned, the the pressuring shooters, the pressuring passers, are they going to lose their spots in the starting lineup? Here's his answer. I think it's, it's not about lineup choices and that. It's more about overall because, again, it's, if I do changes to the back line, it's more uh, punitive, you know, and mm -hmm. it's not about that. For me, it's as a team. Uh, from top to bottom, we always talk about that, the togetherness. We're a team, we need to defend together, from Yaku and Miguel when they're up on top till uh, Quentin Vesberg. Uh, we, we have to do that as a team. So it's work more in those moments and defend inside the box, defend, block crosses, block shots, all those little things that we know we can do better. Now, there were a couple of positives in the game. Uh, you know, Yergo scored two more goals bringing his uh, total up to eight, a team-leading eight. Uh, Andrew Gutman was captain. I thought he had a good game. Uh, did Gutman, he scored a goal, his second in four games, had an assist on Yurgos's second goal. Tiago Almada had like four free kicks that had to be saved or they would have resulted in goals. He had a good game, but here's Pineda talking about the positives. I'm sure after rewatching the, the film, there will be many, many positives, but the taste in our mouth is very, very, very bad at the moment because you lost two points, you dropped two points, and, uh, and we need to do better. So I know there will be many positives. Yaku coming in, again, the management of the minutes for certain guys uh, that I have to do. I have the responsibility to manage those minutes to prevent injuries, to prevent bigger things. So I think Yaku is, you know, comes in the other day 30 minutes and then he scores a goal. Today, 45, he, he scores two. Um, so, yeah, very happy with that. Andrew back to the lineup and then, uh, you know, goal and assist. That's positive. But 
can we have a clean sheet again? Can we score three goals and then not giving, not leaking easy goals? That's the challenge for this team. And then, of course, you know, Atlanta United was playing his third game in eight days, so I wanted Pineda's take on if fatigue played a role in the late goal. No, no, I don't, I don't think it is the case. Uh, uh, I feel like uh, with some of the subs, we refresh on some areas that we needed to refresh. And I, I think everyone looked good in terms of that. Um, if I see something different, I would have made uh, another sub, but I felt like the, the game was in some ways controlled until the red card. And then, you know, it was to me just, just persevere and, and just defend inside the box. I felt we had good numbers. It's just, again, the individual actions that we need to do better. And here's Gutman talking about how the team can develop the mental toughness when it's already midway or close to midway through the season. It's like sink or swim, you know. It's uh, If we don't develop it, then, you know, it's going to turn into something like last year. But, like I said, there's guys in the locker room that realize what's going on that, you know, have the willingness and the desire and the awareness to change and you know I, I think we will change I think we're we're top league or team in this league I think we, we scored the most goals in in the league um you know so yeah you'll also allow the most at this point yeah. yeah but you know that's that's something that we can work on and you know it's it's still early in the season and you know I, I think you're right we do have more veterans on this team this year and I think that's going to push us through this this tough patch right now I need to apologize to Andrew. I should not have interrupted his answer to point out that stat. I could have waited. That was not good on my part. Atlanta United has actually given up the second most goals in Major League Soccer. They were passed last night. And here's Gutman uh, describing his goal. Right place, right time. I kind of <clears throat> kind of had a feeling Thiago might go back post. Um, and whenever you go back post, the way he hits it, the only thing the keeper can do is try to push it mm -hmm. sideways. So I, I just kind of tried to position myself in there and – fell right to me and I was able to tap it in. And now on Yurgos' first goal, there were a few times in the game that we saw Gutman moving to the back post to try to hit a header. Uh, it didn't always work, but this time it worked. It came from a Ronald Hernandez cross to Gutman who hit a soft header back to Gigi, and here he is talking about that. We talked about it at halftime that the, the, the second post was open. Um, you know, so I was trying to get in that position every time I could, and you know, Ronald played a great ball in and, you know, Gigi just scores for fun, so it was right place, right time for him. And Luis Abram made his first start in a league match for Atlanta United. Uh, Miles Robinson didn't start. Brooks Lennon didn't start. This was the team's third game in eight days. You can't start everybody all the time. So Pineda decided to give those two guys a break. They're still on the game day roster. They just weren't in the starting lineup. But here's Gutman talking about how uh, Luis played. Yeah, I thought he did really well. Um, you know, obviously still adjusting to MLS. He hasn't had a ton of minutes in MLS, um, but I thought his passing was good. I thought his awareness was good. Um, you know, I think that was that was a good 90 minutes for him, and hopefully he can progress and even be better for us. And here's Gigi on just how to fix this. Well, two a few games ago we talked to Gigi about a lack of urgency, and now I asked him about how do you fix this inability to hold on to leads. Well, for me, it's, it's an image that is a bit improved, no matter the result. I mean, the fact that you you are not leading the score, you you're uh, during the game you're uh, you're behind the score, and then you turn it all over. I mean, that's that's a reaction for me. And that's something that is a positive. Uh, um, is something positive to have to work on on these silly goals that we concede and the 
the easy goals, if not silly, the easy goals we concede. And uh, I think if we uh, if we can if we, we can find the solution solution for this one, um, the image is, is much more positive than two weeks ago. I wasn't that positive two weeks ago, uh, but now we saw that uh, we can fight, we can bounce back, we can uh, we can win home or away, doesn't matter where we play. Uh, it's this, this, that, it's not only that thing that we have to demand more from ourselves and uh, be more focused a little bit um, in some specific situations, so we can uh, end up the games by winning, winning them and not. Um, not dropping points when you deserve more. If we couldn't deserve more, I would say that today, you know, we didn't deserve anything more and we're happy with this one. No, we're not happy. We deserve, we deserve to win. We play only to win. Wherever we play, it doesn't matter whom or where, as I said, it doesn't matter which club we play against. Uh, the only target is three points. And here's Gigi talking about his goal scoring form. It's something <laughs> natural. It's something that, it's, as I said, the first, uh, the first interview I had here, it's what I'm be, be paying for. Mm -hmm. they, they pay me for one reason, and the main reason is that I can score goals. And uh, on that aspect, I'm happy that I'm doing part of my job, but I, we need to, to win. Goals are not enough. Anyone can score in the team. We saw that today. Uh, our left back, our right back, everyone can score. Everyone can score. The, the, the issue that we have is that we, we have to win more. We have to... Uh, to demand more from ourselves and to be more careful in the in, the, in some some set pieces, I would say that we, we consider most of the goals are on set pieces. That is it's a bit weird because we are really strong on set pieces. We mm. score a lot from set pieces, yeah. so we have to, to to watch the video, to analyze the video with the manager, and uh, he will lead us. He will tell us, he will tell us what's what's wrong, and uh, we will work a lot on this during the week, the upcoming week, and uh, I think we will improve. Well, positive answers from Yorgos. So, when we come back, I'm going to answer your questions. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get six months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, our politics, our breaking news, our investigations, our food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus, you can get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. It really is a beautiful day here in Chicago. And I am determined to go find Abe Froman, the Sausage King, and shake his hand. 
We have one voicemail. That's 404-526-AJCP, 404-526-2527. Daniel is very, very happy we have a voicemail. He's disappointed in all the rest of you who follow the team and don't send in voicemails. They're the only thing that is the light in his life. Play it, Daniel. Doug, it's David from Old Fourth Ward. My question is if Canada is capable of tightening up the defense. I remember in 2018, we didn't have a great defense at the start of the year, and Tata really committed to tightening things up in September, October, November. And there was a noticeable improvement and a noticeable difference. Do you think that Gonzalo Pineda is capable of fixing this defense? Because we've given up the second most goals in the league, yet we have three international caliber starters for their for their national teams at, at our disposable disposal among um, and other guys too and we're we're a sieve so are do we just have to live with being a team that concedes a ton of goals and hope we can win stuff four to three or can Pineda make some adjustments it's a great question and it is really really weird the third goal I wouldn't put on well it doesn't matter who I put who I put the goal on but you're right there were three internationals in the uh, lineup on defense for Atlanta United on the game tying goal Ronald Hernandez at fullback Miles Robinson at center back Luisa Brahm at center back still they scored the, the, again the issue was if you pressure the guy who's hitting the cross chances are that cross doesn't make it but Atlanta United didn't now, you could also say, well, Hernandez didn't close him down, and Machop Chol, who starts for South Sudan's national team, also didn't close him down. I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch the film with the coach to get an opinion. That's just my back-of-the-envelope thoughts. But it, it is bizarre because the team plays the two defensive midfielders. It plays with four across the back, and yet it leaks goals like I go through socks or through Reese's Peanut Butter Cups or Carvel Ice Cream. It's freaking nuts. You know, I've I've wished a few times that Atlanta United might change its formation just to see what happens. You know, players get bored doing the same things over and over again, too. I, I don't know if I would mind, you know, trying to go to three, three center backs or a four, one, three, two, or something like that, just to change things up and maybe just try to outscore everybody because right now you're not stopping anyone on defense. Brad Guzan, I think, will probably be on the bench for the next game at Orlando, if not between the pipes. want to remind y'all I will not be at that game. There will not be a preview podcast for that game. There will not be a post-game podcast for that game because I will be in London consulting with King Charles on uh, just whatever he needs help with, uh, how to badly play the guitar, how to fall down doing yoga, all the important matters of the world. He's already reached out on WhatsApp, and, and we've, we're trying to set something up. On to the mailbag. Ben says, Hi, Doug. Hi, Ben. You speak a lot about consistency breeding results. I do. I know you are speaking about consistent starting 11s, but the only consistent thing I am seeing is this team letting in late goals since Pineda took over. To me, this is on the coaching staff and Pineda's inability to manage games with subs and tactics. In a salary cap league, coaching matters, and this staff is still a work in progress. Atlanta United was never sold to the supporters as a work in progress. 
So either Pineda or those who have built the roster deserve massive criticism for these lackluster performances. Do you believe the team has the right people, processes, and scouting to bring in the coaching and player talent needed for this team to make a serious run in the next two to three seasons? So I can't say that this problem is specific to Pineda. I'd have to go back and look through box scores under DeBoer, under Heinze, under those guys to see if this is a, a problem that is somehow specific to Pineda. Do I believe the team has the right people, processes, and scouting? I do, because they've done this before and they've won trophies. I do think that the scouting model could probably be tweaked, but I think that's why uh, the team has hired a, a new scouting partner, one that Garth has worked with before, and we'll start to see the results in this summer window because this is the first chance they've had to work together to scout and acquire players. So I understand your frustration. Eric with a K, longtime friend, longtime Red and Black staff member, says, as someone afforded the opportunity to watch Atlanta United train, he's talking about me, I think, please advise, is this side instructed to abandon all discipline when it comes to playing defense in the box? Seriously, considering the quality of player they have at the back, their defense is a freaking embarrassment. That's Eric's words. Uh, I haven't seen them do any training drills where they hit crosses in the box and all the players fall down Monty Python style or just start picking at blades of grass or just kind of checking out the clouds in the sky. I have not seen Atlanta United do that. I do understand your frustration, Eric. It does not look good when a corner kick results in a goal a unmarked player hits a cross into the box and results in a goal, and then another cross gets into the box, again unpressured, and results in a goal. Brett says, this is not an angry reaction question. I am genuinely curious. Can you recall a team worse at holding late leads <coughs> the Falcons, than United has been the last couple of years? Game-tying goals after the 80th minute are typical rare occurrences. The Falcons. But with Atlanta United, they seem to come more often than not when we lead. When Arahujo was sent off, I had no doubt whatsoever the tying goal was forthcoming. Whatsoever is a really fantastic word. I need to work that into my conversations more often. But I think I need to get a monocle and a top hat if I'm going to use a word whatsoever. Uh, yeah, the only team I can think of is the Falcons. Uh, and I've seen Liverpool give up some late leads. So that stunk. Iva says, we had defensive starters for USA, Peru, and Venezuela on the field when we gave up the tying goal in the 89th minute. How can a coach not create a stable defense out of that? Well, if the players aren't doing what they're trained to do, I don't know what the coach can do other than put in new players. I don't know. Nick says, Hi, Doug. Not a question, but I just wanted to say that I hope everyone who wanted a more entertaining team is happy after tonight's game. Even though we dropped points, I fully believe last year's team would have lost instead of tied. Andrew Gutman actually said the same thing, and that it's still a step in the right direction. Perhaps that's just my relentless optimism. Thanks. Thanks, Nick. I think we all need a little bit of Nick optimism in our lives. John says, if Atlanta United looks to fill the DP spot, do you see them shopping in South America, mid-tier European clubs like Celtic, or clubs in big European leagues like the Premier League? Uh, John is referring to the sale of Luis Arrujo to Flamengo. Uh, he's going to leave after the June 24th match against Red Bulls. Uh, he, along with Franco Albara, will miss the next match at Orlando uh, because uh, Franco Albara picked up a yellow card in the first half, which I mentioned earlier. That's his fifth this season, which results in an automatic one-game suspension. Or Ahujo, because he got a red card, is going to have to serve a one-game suspension. Though Atlanta United may appeal, MLS teams get two appeals per season. 
that's all they can do. So we'll see what happens. I'd be surprised if they appeal it, but you never know. Uh, on to your question. Um, I think they're just going to try to find the best value for their money. There are so many leagues around the world, it's impossible or foolhardy to try to pick out just one as to where the club might go. Dave says, thanks for all of your great coverage of Atlanta United. Who do you think will be the surprise summer transfer for Atlanta that no one is talking about? Well, how am I supposed to know if no one is talking about it, Dave? Come on, man. Thanks for all you do, and may the Carvel ice cream machine always be full. Bless your heart, Dave. Bless your heart. I don't know who Atlanta United is going to bring in. Position-wise, if they think that Almada is leaving, I think they'll go ahead and bring in an attacking midfielder. I said on the previous podcast, if they have two DP slots they can fill this summer, I would not be surprised to see them hold on to one, but still spend as much TAM as they possibly can on bringing in a center midfielder to play underneath whoever the attacking midfielder is. Because while I think Josetu, Abara, Sadich, and Sosa do a credible job, none of the four have really won those positions, and we're now past a third in the season, and that's just not good enough. And our question of the week comes from Adam. Maybe we should have played some sort of Ferris Bueller song instead of Law and Order this time. Adam says, I couldn't catch the match as I was in attendance at my youngest high school graduation. Congrats, man. Two of my former stepsons graduated on Friday. It's a fantastic achievement. I'm sure you're proud. I don't know if it's your son or daughter, but congrats to them. He says, so instead of the match, I was doing what you always say, hugging my loved ones. That's fantastic. Cheers, and here's to hoping all the 17s are enjoying their spring. That's going to wrap up the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast at Line United 3, Chicago 3. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Feel free to email me questions to D-R-O-B-E-R-S-O-N at AJC.com. As always, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones. This is Southern Fried Soccer. Y'all take care. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution is taking Georgia political coverage to the next level. Now, Georgia's smartest political team is adding Hall of Fame political broadcaster Bill Nygut. I am beyond thrilled to be joining the remarkable political team at the AJC. And with the year that we have unfolding in politics, it's going to be an exciting ride. Read Bill Nygut's expert insight on AJC.com and listen to the Politically Georgia podcast with me, Greg Bluestein, And me, Patricia Murphy. And me, Tia Mitchell. Hear new episodes every weekday. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.